Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. You know, I haven't got a bad life really, travelling the world, talking about motor racing, and as a byproduct of that, I get to drive and to test some very, very lovely cars. Real world road tests. Subject of this particular real world road test has been a car that, surprisingly to me, has been one that's attracted possibly the most attention that we've ever had on one of these tests. And it may surprise you to hear that when you find out that the subject of this real-world road test is the Cadillac ATS-V. Well, first of all, I need to talk to you about the V-series cars that Cadillac have introduced into their range in the last few years. Think BMW and M-Power, AMG for Mercedes and even Quattro for Audi. That's Quattro, the tuning arm, not the four-wheel drive system. That's exactly what the V-Series car is to the Cadillac brand. Cadillac, of course, the premium American brand, but maybe 10 years ago, if I'd been talking about test driving a Cadillac, it would have been a very big, very comfortable limousine-style four-door sedan, probably, or maybe at the early part of their SUVs when they were being introduced. For a lot of people, a Cadillac was the last car that they bought, a retirement present to themselves. But things have changed, and the Cadillac image has changed quite a lot in the last decade or so. And moving that image into the new century has been part of the reason for the V-Series brands. Now, they are the sporty and sport-focused part of Cadillac. And those words, sporty and Cadillac, perhaps would never have been together uh, about a decade or so ago. So let's talk a little bit more about this ATS-V. This is the coupe, the two-door version. Uh, Audi A5 or BMW M4 sort of size. It's not a huge car. Runs on 18-inch rims. Uh, This one in a pearlescent white colour with uh, black rims, bright red Brembo brake package on this car. At the front of the car, very aggressive styling. There's uh, not many curves on the front of this car. It's very knife edge. It's like a piece of folded paper. The bonnet here is carbon fibre. And a carbon fibre two-slat scoop here that gets air out from underneath in the engine compartment. There's a grille that is a wire grille, anodised in dark grey here. Cadillac barge right in the middle. And then a deep front chin spoiler with a carbon fibre drop to that and another spoiler underneath it. It's very, very purposeful indeed. Big air ducts where... There are cooling areas underneath for oil and air radiators 
They are actually doing something. They're not just a styling tweak. The wheel arches are blistered out. The headlights way back into the top of the wing, the fender and the bonnet area. Complex streaks in the bonnet to give it that really low, mean look. And visually, from the front end and the front three quarters, it works very, very well indeed. Let's go down the side of the car, the front spoiler extends up onto the wheel arch in front of the wheel 18 inch rims on this not huge by sports car standards but they really fit the dimensions of the car it's quite slab sided on the side with just a single styling line up the middle which goes right through the center of the door pull pillarless doors which go pretty low down towards the sill area and then sill extensions below that into a fairly simple rear three-quarter panel, slightly blistered arches, but not massively, squared off on the outside, as is the fashion nowadays. A very, very steeply raked rear window, quite a large rear deck spoiler, and rear lights again that cut into the, the wings on either side. Big cutout in the middle where the number plate, the licence plate is. The Cadillac script on one of the few pieces of chrome on this car, which is the finishing strip underneath the boot lid. And the Cadillac badge again, prominent in the middle with the high-level brake light just underneath the boot spoiler. More carbon fibre underneath the diffuser and the reversing light there with quad tailpipes aggressively poking out from the back as if you were going to get spattered by 50mm cannon fire if you were sitting too close to it. The boot itself is operated by a switch underneath just beside the uh, licence plate, the number plate there. It's a fairly tight opening but big enough to get a couple of medium-sized cases, maybe a couple of large cases in there. So certainly quite practical once you're over that lip and the slightly tight boot opening. Looking at it from the rear three-quarter angle, the car seems to be crouched, ready to pounce. And that's all down to the way that that styling line halfway up the bodywork is rising all the way up to meet the rear lights and those C pillars at the back that are narrowing down towards the uh, the B pillar which in fact doesn't exist the B pillar because of the pillarless doors it's a really nice design and it really emphasizes the hunched forward look of the car there's lots of nice little design touches on this as well the V series badging on the rear and on the front lower portion of the doors the Wing mirrors, or door mirrors as they are here, are shaped like the Cadillac shield. Very nice little attention to detail. And the enamel wheel centres, again, have the Cadillac shield on them. Underneath the 18-inch rims of the red Brembo brake package, it's not a bright red. It has got the V-Series logo on there. It's a sort of dark red. It's not shouting performance, but it's certainly letting you know that it's there. So the outside of the car is a style that I'm sure, in fact I know, has people either loving or hating it. I don't think there's very many people that would say it's okay. There have been Cadillac coupes like this in the past. This is a little toned down from the edgy straight line versions of the past, but it's still 
a little too far for one or two people. Now, I've got to say that it has massively grown on me. I liked it when I saw it from the front the moment that we picked it up at Toronto Airport. And the more that I've looked at it, the more I've come to appreciate it from all angles. The paintwork, this pearl white finish, is quite extraordinary because in non-direct light, when it's not bright and sunny, it almost looks like a flat white, a matte colour, when the sun's out, it comes to life and it really makes this body style work. It's also a body style that people want to talk to you about. As soon as they recognise it as a Cadillac and a V-Series Cadillac, they want to come and talk to you. And not just Cadillac owners either, although I have to say, I've met already quite a lot of V-Series owners who want to talk about this car because they haven't seen that many of them. It's still quite a rare thing. Now, as a European... It's quite easy to dismiss American cars as not being up to the fit and finish standards that we expect from our premium European brands. To do that with this Cadillac would be a massive mistake. Let's open the nice wide opening door. It's just a two door, of course. Um, and by the way, I could get into the seat behind where I've set my driving position. Uh, it is possible. I've tried it. Um, but this one has got the, uh, the situation where the seat slides back to give you easy entry now I've just started the engine there and immediately you've heard the 3.6 twin turbo twin turbo burst into life which is a thing of beauty on its own just have a listen to this as I blip the throttle mm, let's turn that off before I get myself into too much trouble well, right away, let's talk about the quality. Let's talk about that fit and finish. I am installed behind a beautiful Alcantara-wrapped thick-rim steering wheel. Very simple design, three-spoke Cadillac shield and the V-Series badge, both prominent in enamel with just a small amount of multifunction buttons on it. Really nicely thought out and beautiful to get your hands on I'm sitting in a Recaro seat that is electrically adjustable in it seems 127 different ways including for the uh, bolsters on the seat squab and the seat back it is possibly if not the certainly one of the most comfortable seats I have ever sat in in any car I immediately found a comfortable driving position. I've set it on the memory just up here to the left on the top of the door, uh, which, by the way, is also surrounded by Alcantara, as is various parts of the dash. A little bit of carbon fibre on this version as well. This is a six-speed manual, so three pedals, and the gear lever, again, wrapped in Alcantara, just a nice place to put your hand, falls immediately uh, to the right place, exactly where you want to put your hand to change gear, it is there. Rimless rear view mirror, sort of infinity edged rear view mirror. This has got a sunroof on this car as well, electrically operated one touch of course for tilt and slide. The storage facility with a couple of USBs in the middle here, a couple of cup holders of course, two cup holders in between the back seats as well, which I think would be occasional use for teenagers and adults for smaller children isofix in there if you wanted to put your child seats in but everything that you touch whether it's resting your elbow on the door or the center console touching the steering wheel or the 
gear lever, everything that you touch, every switch, every knob, every dial, absolutely quality, really well thought out. The centre console with the gloss piano black, nice design on this, has the Cadillac V shape of the grille, of the shield, just suggested in the controls. There's an element of gesture controls here. You wave your hand over the top of it and you can change things. There's touch sensitive that you slide your hands down to turn up the radio or back down again. Same for the uh, ventilation. And a word about the ventilation here. Um, we've been down from Toronto to Watkins Glen and back up to Canadian Time Motorsport Park in the space of 10 days, 2 weeks. We've never had air conditioning on once because between opening the roof either full or tilt opening the windows which up to 65 miles an hour or so is no problem at all to get ventilation and the quality of the ventilation system itself uh, the airflow through the car is quite extraordinarily good now the car is loaded with kit including a head-up display full house satellite navigation satellite radio of course as well for the US market there's a touchless phone charging centre in the middle here with another S USB port the whole centre console thought out very very well indeed a glove box that's worthy of the name although it filled up with a rather extensive owner's manual over there, little bit of room in the door pockets, not massive but it's a two-door coupe it works very well indeed the ear pillars are quite thick but certainly not the worst that i've seen in a car like this a nice sloping screen don't get too many reflections from it and a driving position once you're settled in that is pretty decent uh, a clutch pedal of course unusual on an american car but a nice footrest for your left foot next to it and someone has designed this pedal box for people who want to drive because the brake and the throttle are perfectly positioned for healing and towing so everything you would expect in terms of the quality on the inside it really does rival the best that europe has to offer but if you're going to build a car that has the performance potential that this car is showing from its outlook then it's got to be able to deliver that as well so let's find out what this car's like when we switch it on and drive it engine start button dip the clutch and wait for the v6 3.6 engine with the twin turbos to just burble into life Real World Road Tests. Well, everyone is going to talk about the engine and the raw performance figures of this Cadillac AT SV Coupe. So, okay, let's get that out of the way. This V6 twin turbo produces a more than adequate. 464 horsepower and round about the same in foot pounds of torque as well so clearly it's going to be an adequate performer the six speed manual gearbox although there is 
a paddle shift automatic available will get you to 60 miles an hour in something under four seconds. That makes this car a serious performer. But what I find quite extraordinary about it is the other side of this Cadillac's character. If you accept that Cadillac built luxury and premium cars and not just this sporty car, which of course they do, it's the fact that this car can cruise comfortably at the legal limit and return something close to 30 miles to the gallon on American gallons by the way so that's a little more in the imperial version the UK version is quite mind-blowing really and it's the unfussy way which it does everything that actually probably is most impressive it's got all the gadgets you can change the magnetic ride. There are four different track settings. No, wait a minute, is it five? I honestly can't remember. I've got this set up with the touring suspension and the steering at its most responsive with the exhaust making its most rorty sound. Might be an odd set of options, but it kind of works for me. And frankly, I haven't even tickled the outside of the performance and handling envelope on this car because despite being in Canada and America I haven't found enough room yet to be able to feel comfortable doing that. This is a seriously quick car but a seriously quick car that has real performance credentials in terms of its handling and its stopping. The way that the car turns into a corner is immediately confidence inspiring you really feel as though there's that big hand pushing the car down onto the road every time i move the steering i can feel it in my backside it's almost like driving a really big comfortable two plus two go-kart actually i compared this car size-wise with an audi rs5 or an M4 BMW medium sized Mercedes Benz perhaps and in terms of how it feels and how it performs it easily lives with those cars that's a bold statement but I really feel it's true if you sat someone down in this car blindfolded them and didn't know what they didn't know what they were in and just let them touch and feel and hear and smell their surroundings I'd be pretty sure that they would say that this was a German car. That's how good this car feels screwed together and that's how good it delivers on its promise of the exterior styling. It's probably no surprise then when I explain the man who's now at the top of Cadillac, Johannes Donations, who ran Audi in South Africa and has had many high posts in Audi. Spent a couple of years at Infinity here in the US well, he's the man who's now making the big decisions at Cadillac and for the Cadillac brand. And I tell you, you can feel his hand in all of this car. What is also absolutely true is that the guys at V-Series are clearly car enthusiasts. Because there's a lot of stuff here that is very technically clever, like the magnetic ride. But it actually does its job on the car. It's not just another clever switch. Things like the head-up display, we've had other cars had that. I actually think it works really well. I've had Corvettes that have had it as well from the 
General Motors range. The way the gearbox works and clicks through the six manual ratios, the way the engine delivers its power, my goodness, it is superb. But nothing has been left to chance. Everything that you need is here. There's one or two things as well that I think I'm not using. For example, the rev match, where the uh, paddle shift would be on the automatic car or the semi-automatic car. If I click one of the paddles, it says rev match. And what does that mean? That means that if now I change down from sixth, and by the way, I'm doing just over 30 miles an hour in sixth gear, down to fourth, the car automatically matches my revs to my road speed. Well, I heel and toe anyway, so I don't need that. So guess what? I've just flicked the paddle and turned it off again. The various stages of traction control and track aids and all of the clever toys that you have can be toned down. There's a big section in the owner's manual about when you should and should, shouldn't use various parts of that particular part of the menu. There's G sensors, there's data recorders, there's all sorts of things that makes you really realize that this car could quite easily be used as a track day weapon and then you could drive it home and do that very much in comfort. The acceleration is astonishing, not just from 0 to 60, but also through the gears. This car is a real performer. So why don't we get it in Europe? I don't know actually, because I think this car would sell on looks alone, it's something very different from the competition. The package is pretty nigh perfect. I wasn't sure what to expect with this ATS-V Coupe, but I've been thoroughly impressed in every single part of what this car has had to deliver. It's quite cool too when people stop and want to ask you about the car. I remember Cadillac are racing in the DPI, the top category, of prototypes in the IMSA series. They use the V8, which this car's big brother, the CTS-V, has installed. And because, obviously, 6.2 litres of V8 isn't quite enough, the CTS-V has a supercharger for 640 horsepower and a 200 mile an hour top speed. Not that this car falls that far behind. This'll get you up to 190 miles an hour. Uh, where that's allowed of course certainly haven't tried that anywhere in Canada or the USA but the brand values of Cadillac and particularly their V series are changing people's attitudes towards Cadillac itself and all the V series owners that I have met have extolled the virtues of their cars pulled up at a set of traffic lights a couple of nights ago and a guy in a, a three year old ATSV sedan, the four-door car, pulled up alongside and asked me if this had the new 3.6, chatting through the open windows. And it's that sort of thing that just makes you warm to a car, a car that has clearly been conceived and designed by petrol heads. And in an age where so many cars, even performance cars, are pretty bland, isn't that exactly what you want? Even in left-hand drive, I've felt really at home at this car. 
and Cadillac are on to a winner here. I can't wait to see the next generation of V cars because the V series engineers, designers are all racers at heart. I've met some of them. They've been part of the racing program with the DPI and they've used some of their passion and their real love of the automotive brand that is Cadillac to extol that racing car with some real Cadillac virtues in styling. What they've brought back to the streetcar is a set of cars that have real pedigree in performance terms. Just a shame we won't get these in right-hand drive for the UK. But as I said, I could live with one left-hand drive. Anytime, anytime Cadillac. Just wish I could get this hand luggage on the flight on the way back. Cadillac ATS-V Coupe. Changing people's minds about Cadillac? Yeah, I think so. Certainly changed mine. Another real-world road test. Check out more at RadioLeMond.com.